1: Pastor Keith Crosby of Hillside Church.
2: Transgender ideologies. God made you into a woman, but you wish you were a man. And all the surgeries in the world won't make it so. You have not because you want, you know, and, and you kill and murder because you don't have it. These types of attitudes need to go. You need to be content with what God has given you, with what God has, how God has made you. You don't want to resent others. You don't want to bellyache and complain about the providence and sovereignty of God. I can
0: see the promised land Though there's pain within the plan There is victory in the end Your love is my battle cry The answer for all my life
1: Well, hello, and welcome to today's edition of the Grace to Live radio broadcast with Keith Crosby, Senior Pastor of Hillside Church in San Jose, California. We are so blessed that you've chosen to spend time with us today on the broadcast. And as always, we would encourage you to follow along with us in your Bibles if you can. On today's edition of Grace to Live, Pastor Keith continues with our series in the book of 1 John, a series entitled, That You May Know. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with us today to the book of 1 John, chapter 2. Now here's Pastor Keith with today's study.
2: A good bonsai artist looks at this plant, you know, that's a Japanese art, and what they do is they trim and they make these plants look like incredible, incredible things. And somebody once asked one of the masters, well, how do you do that? He goes, what I do is I cut away everything that doesn't look like the image in my mind's eye. And so... You have to cut away from your life, so to speak, anything that doesn't look like God. Anything, you know, It said if we, if we say we know him, we will walk as he walked. Anything in your walk, in your life, in your thought processes, and your witness that doesn't look like Jesus has to be cut away, has to be detached and discarded. And where do we get that idea from? Well we get it from the text. Jesus also taught it. Matthew, in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew five, twenty-nine and thirty, says this If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away from you. For it is better for you to lose one of your members, one of your body parts, than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. Detach and discard. Whatever hurts your witness, whatever impedes your growth. Friends, there are persons, places, and things, nouns, that you can't afford. There are friends you shouldn't have. There are places you shouldn't frequent. There are thoughts you cannot afford to entertain. Oh, sure, the temptation may come, but you can set your mind on the things above, set your mind elsewhere. And this speaks of something called mortification, the mortification of sin, killing sin off in your life. You know, Pastor Jesse has a book study with the men on Tuesday nights, The Mortification of Sin by John Owen. This is what John Owen's talking about, detaching and discarding. If you have the right priorities, you're going to search the landscape of your life and you're going to look for stumbling blocks and you're going to find a way to get rid of them. We detach and discard anything that is not of God, anything that is not from God, the things of this world. 1 John 2, 16, for all that is in the world, the desires of the eyes, the desires of the, of, uh, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. John is bidding us to prioritize what stays and what goes. He doesn't give us a list, he gives us categories. Now people say, well, what are these things? What are these categories? Well, the desires of the flesh speak to things that erupt, that come out of our sin nature. You know, God created the world, he created us, but these things have been corrupted by sin. And so when he speaks of the flesh, he's not speaking of the beautiful things he created in his image, he's talking about the deformities of our character, When he speaks of the world, he's not talking about the beautiful world he created pre-fall. He's talking about the post-fall world which has this virus called sin corrupting every inch of tissue in it. And so he's saying, beware of these appetites that oppose God's program, that oppose God's plan, that oppose God's will. James talks about that there's the knowledge that comes from above And there's a knowledge that comes from below that is earthly, natural, and demonic. This is what John is talking about. Same Holy Spirit writing both books. You have unhealthy appetites that dominate your thinking, that distract you, whether it's porn, whether it's materialism, whether it's wanting what isn't yours, whether it's jealousy or envy. Unhealthy appetites. That's the lust, the desires of the flesh Then there's the desires of the eyes. What could that be? Greed, sexual desire. And again, it gets back to things. You see something that's not yours and you want it. And rather than be thankful for what God has given you, you're you're discontent. You ever heard this saying, uh, somebody comes to the dinner table and goes, my eyes were bigger than my stomach. They ordered all this food they knew they could never eat or shouldn't eat. The lust of the eyes. Now, sometimes they eat that food. We call that gluttony. That's another sin. But this this is what you have to be careful of. The lust of the flesh, I'm going to get even with this person. Or blind ambition. The lust of the eyes, boy, I want this, 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 and this. Oh, I don't have it. I'll put it on a credit card. I'll never be able to pay the credit card off. It's not really stealing, spending somebody else's money. These are the kind of things you have to be careful of. If you want more on that, see Gary Johnson with Financial Peace University. And then you come to the pride of life, or the translation says the boastful pride of life. And there's a word there which I won't go into, but it really speaks about a type of person that all they do is talk about themselves braggarts, people who crave attention. People who, when you walk in, all you hear is that they're the smartest person in the room. They're the sharpest knife in the drawer. They talk about who they know, all their connections. People who want attention. It's like those Instagram addicts who, they'll post a picture, if it doesn't get too many likes, if it doesn't get enough likes fast enough, they'll delete it and post something else. That's how you know your mind is bent. That's how you know you have the wrong priorities. The things of the world unhealthy desires, worldly passions, obsessions that are not from God. And the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life have one unifying factor. They're both violations of two of the most important commandments in the Ten Commandments. The first is, you shall have no other gods before me and the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life is a form of idolatry. Polytheism. <laughs> you have many gods. You know what else it is? It's a violation of the first commandment and it's a, first, and it's a violation of the last commandment. Exodus 20 17, you shall not covet. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. It speaks to a lack of contentment. It speaks to envy. What is envy? Envy is not, you know, jealousy is why I wish I I could be like so-and-so. I'm jealous. Envy is I wish I could be like so-and-so but since I can't, I'm gonna take what he has. That's the difference. You think of all the great tragedies in history and all the great failings in our culture today. Eve wanted what was not hers. And she looked at the fruit and it looked good to her and it looked good to make one wise. And she took and she ate of it, even though God said, you shall not eat of it. And then she gave to her husband. Cain murdered Abel for giving a better sacrifice. Achan at the fall of Jericho. They were told not to take anything from that town they were to conquer and destroy the town put everyone and everything to the sword and leave it all there and Achan took a souvenir David with Bathsheba wanted another man's wife people today embezzle they steal for their employer they clock in a little bit early and clock out a little bit late and get a little extra overtime people commit adultery people gossip about other people and engage in character assassination socialism and critical race theory right you can't have this you're jealous of what other people have you're going to find a good reason to take it from them transgender ideologies God made you into a woman but you wish you were a man and all the surgeries in the world won't make it so you have not because you want You know, and and you kill and murder because you don't have it these types of attitudes need to go you need to be content with what God has given you, with what God has, how God has made you. You don't want to resent others. You don't want to bellyache and complain about the providence and sovereignty of God. And then John, in, in verse John two seventeen reminds us of why all this is so bad, why this is so hurtful, why your priorities cannot be deformed or infected with these kinds of thought processes. And it's like, I can hear my daddy talking again. Boy, the world is passing away with all of its desires. None of this counts for anything. This is all temporary. It's all meaningless. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life is a road to nowhere. And if you have these things, the love of God is not in you. You're his son. Act like it. God is eternal. Only his gifts last, only his priorities matter. You belong to God. Love what he loves, want what he wants. Don't commit idolatry and don't commit spiritual adultery. Do not covet. Invest in the right priorities. Hence that warning in verse 15, not to love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him and these things are passing away. And so you want to detach and discard. How do you do that? You need to take a look around in your life. You need to search the crevices and cro- crooks and crannies of your, of, of your soul and shine the light of the gospel in there and see if there's anything that doesn't look like God that doesn't belong. Take an inventory of your desires. Ask, boy, I want this thing. Would I sin to get it? It's a lust. I, I, want, I want that girl, that boy to like me. Would I sin to get her to his or her attention or to keep it? Lust of the flesh. Would I undermine this guy to get a promotion? Do I talk about myself incessantly? The boastful pride of life, detach and discard. Those things have to go. Detaching and discarding helps us establish the right priorities. It enables us to act like our as sons and daughters of our father, to bear witness to Christ. And so John says to these people, you're my kids, you're my sons and daughters, you're the sons and daughters of God. Act like it. Change this world one soul at a time, Be one. That's the whole be one, bring one, build one. Be one is what's going on here. Cling to what is true, detach and discard, and then what? And then what? Number three, do the will of God. Do the will of God. Intentionally, deliberately seek God's will. Seek to do God's will. If you believe in Jesus, you'll do God's will. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Seek to do God's will. And where do we see that in our passage? 1 John 2, 17. The world is passing away along with its desires. These desires are a road to nowhere. But, on the other hand, in contradistinction, on the contrary, but, Whoever does the will of God abides forever. There's your priority. I mean, this is it. You know, I had a friend who was at the airport and this cultist came up and talked to him and he was in a hurry to get to his plane and he, said, and he just walked around him and then he turned around and came back and presented the gospel and said, you know what, you want to be where Christ is. The people who believe and do the things that you do are going to spend a graceless eternity in hell. This world is passing away. Do the will of God. Surrender to Jesus. And the guy looked at him, and then he turned around and walked away. And then the guy goes, hey! And he turned around and he goes, well, at least my friends will be there with me. You don't want to be there with those friends who aren't interested in Christ. You don't want to experience the full-throated, unrelenting, unmitigated, eternal wrath of God poured out on you for all eternity with no hope of relief. The world is passing away. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. John wants what is best for God's people And wrong priorities like wrong thinking are a highway to nowhere via a highway, a roadway of wrong choices. There's a way that seems right to a man, it tells us in Proverbs. And in the end, the way is death. Ask any junkie, ask any drug addict, ask these homeless people on the streets who have abused drugs and alcohol and now wander around muttering to themselves. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. That's how you can tell that you're a believer. These tests of life, these signs of life, right thinking leads to right priorities, doing God's will, doing the will of your Father. Or as Jesus says in Matthew six thirty three, seeking first, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and all the things that you need will be provided you. I cannot uh, understate the necessity and the need for a true blue Christian as he surveys and takes an inventory of his or her soul, as they consider their priorities, as they cling to what is true and detach and discard what doesn't belong, the need to really measure the reality of their salvation by their desire to do God's will. You see, you can do religious things. You can come to church. You can go to Hume Lake. You can go anywhere. You can do anything and say anything in the name of God. But if your heart isn't there, it doesn't matter. Jesus said this in what I I believe is one of the scariest passages in Matthew's gospel. Matthew 7, 21 to 23. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, that's judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? Didn't we do all this religious stuff? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Good things done for perverse reasons aren't good at all. It's the motivation behind the outward authentication of your inward salvation. It's God's will that you bear much fruit. It's God's will that you have the right priorities. And so in 1 John 2, 17, we're reminded that the world is passing away with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Priorities. Is your priority doing the will of God? Then you're probably a Christian. You're probably a son or a daughter of God you darken the door of a church once a month once a year well that, that's not the will of God so it all comes down to priority it all comes down to God's will your will or my will don't matter what did Jesus say in the garden of Gethsemane not what I will father but what you will one of the happiest books in the Old Testament, the Philippians of the Old Testament, is the book of Ecclesiastes, and he goes through all these descriptions of what doesn't work: seeking fame and fortune, building projects, the reading of too many books, uh, and a matter of speaking, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And then in, and then in Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen, he explains it all so clearly. He says, The end of the matter, when all has been heard, fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole, the entire duty of mankind. Priorities. The world is passing away, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. And Jesus said in John 6:40, This is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him should have eternal life. And I will. And I will raise him up on the last day. Only Christ can offer you the things that last. The things of this world are passing away. So the question is, what do we do with all this? Well, let me give you uh, some spiritual uh, x-ray questions to examine the state of your soul. As we go through the, 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 the first John, this epistle, and look for signs of life, test of life, we look at this passage about priorities. And we have to ask ourselves the question. I have to ask myself the question. You have to ask yourself the question as you preach the gospel to yourself every day Are God's priorities my priorities? Do I love His word? Do I love His people? Do I love him? If so, then I will find assurance in clinging to what is true, getting rid of the junk that doesn't belong, and intelligently and deliberately seeking to do his will. Guided by his word, accountable to his people, is an act of worship. Right thinking leads to right attitudes and right priorities. It all begins with salvation. It all begins with entering into a life-changing, eternity-changing relationship with Jesus Christ. And the question is, is that you? Have you recognized your need for a savior? Do you understand that you're a sinner and that all the crazy thoughts that torture your mind cannot be healed by the sheer force of will, but by the transforming power of the Holy Spirit when he enters your heart and changes you and your thinking and your life and your eternity from the inside out. That is the ultimate priority and all other priorities stem from that. So as you're here today, think about this. Have I embraced the ultimate priority? Forgiveness, redemption, restoration, hope-giving healing that only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, Lord, with all of its trials and all of its bumps and all of its twists and turns from morning till evening because it is an opportunity to serve you, having been saved by you. Lord, help us to cling to what is true, to not deceive ourselves. Help us to detach and discard the things of this world that are of no eternal or even real value here on earth. Help us to do your will your way, for the glory of God, for the good of others, and yes, our own growth, beginning with our salvation. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Pastor Keith Crosby on today's edition of Grace to Live. So if you'd like to drop us a note, you can email us here at keith@hillside.org. At well, we hope that you'll join us again next time for Grace to Live. But until then, I'm your host, Kevin Reeves. And on behalf of Pastor Keith and everyone here at Hillside Church, it is our prayer that the Lord will richly bless you. And thanks for listening.